And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Good news is your dates are here. What's the bad news? They're dead. Ah! Three are United States Astro Robots. They come a creature of death. Oh. And they. We have come here to this planet for. One purpose only, to acquire breeding stuff to repopulate our planet. Welcome to Bots, Bugs, and Babes, the B-Movie Podcast, from Class of the Cults and the Cheese in Between, the movies are beeped, entertainment is grade A. And I am your host, Mr. Jason Giaconetti, but this time out, I'm joined by my brother, Mr. Luke Giaconetti. Hey, Jay, how's it going? We've got a real holiday treat for everybody today, because we are taking a look at that seminal holiday special, the one that you and I know, all know so well, He-Man and She-Ra, A Christmas Special. And we'll get to it right after this. Hey man, it's here. I'll be right back. Skeletor! With He-Man gone, the magic of Orko will be mine. Prince Adam, we gotta get out of here now! Skeletor, Orko, Prince Adam, and He-Man figures each sold separately. Help! Help, Prince Adam! Looks like a job for He-Man. Tricks on you, bone face. <laughs> yeah! Prince Adam and Orko with Coin Trick, new from the Masters of the Universe collection, each sold separately. Other action figures also sold separately from Mattel. He made me claw with his awesome triple evil. Fisto, Battle Armor He-Man, Quaffle, and Battle Armor Skeletor, each sold separately. You asked for it, Quaffle. Meet Fisto with his super smash power. We'll see who smashes who. May the mightiest power prevail. Fisto and Clawful figures new from the Masters of the Universe collection, each sold separately. Other action figures also sold separately. From Mattel. The Christmas special will be right back. Spike. And now, Spike, well, let's see how He-Man likes your... Oh, Spike. <laughs> Skeletor, Spike, Orr, and He-Man figures each sold separately. Spike. No one can stop the Spike-studded armor of the mighty Spike Or. Not even me, you muscle-bound porcupine! Not even you, He-Man! Spycore is new from the Masters of the Universe collection. Other action figures, each sold separately. From Mattel. What do we have here? It's Castle Grayskull. And it's mine. Not so fast, Beastman. He-Man! 
can pit He-Man against Beast-Man playing for the power of Castle Grayskull. You have to put the castle together. Beast-Man's escaping. The throne, Dad. Dad, you saved the castle. Castle Grayskull from the Masters of the Universe collection. He-Man and Beast-Man each sold separately from Mattel. Open the jaw, Rick. The powers of evil control Castle Grayskull. Oh, yeah, Dad, what? Ram Man, I'll get us inside, He-Man. Ram Man, He-Man, and Castle Grayskull, each sold separately. You have to put the castle together. Ram Man, use your head. I just did. Not that way. We have a prisoner. Good. Who's the prisoner? You are, because we have the power. Oh, no. Ram Man and He-Man from the Maskers of the Universe collection, each sold separately. Castle Grayskull also sold separately from Mattel. Marked packages. Manny Faces comes with five extra weapons. Key Man and Manny Faces each sold separately. Part of the Masters of the Universe collection from Mattel. The Christmas special now continues. He Man and Shira's a Christmas special uh, debuted on Christmas 1985. Your uh, writers are uh, Bob Forward and Don Heckman. Your director is Bill Reed and Ernie Schmidt. Uh, and then your producer is uh, Lou Scheimer. And then, of course, this is done by Filmation, which is the production company. Uh, well, and that, that, was, yeah, that was that was Lou Scheimer's company yep. was Filmation. Yeah. And uh, I just I just do want to say it was very amusing to me when I saw the name Bob Forward pop up. Um, Bob Forward is probably best known to uh, folks around my age. He was one of the uh, head writers and producers of Beast Wars. Yeah. And was responsible for essentially creating that entire the fiction for that era of uh, of Transformers, which is still there. Uh, Hasbro is still milking some of that to this day. Yes. He also has writing credits, obviously, on He-Man and Master Universe, um, She-Ra, uh, the Princess of Power. He actually was a writer on uh, Rambo, the Force of Freedom, the Filmation's Ghostbusters, Brave Star, the Brave Star movie, Cops. Uh, not cops, the TV show where you were like, bad boys, but not that one. The actual cops, yeah, the real, the real cops, the real, the cops. real cops. He actually has a GI Joe writing credit for GI Joe, uh, a real American hero in 91. Um, yeah, that's for the, that's for the Deke, uh, GI Joe. Yep. Uh, and yep. then eventually he went on to wildcats, uh, the savage dragon. He was the head writer for season two of savage dragon. And of course, as Luke mentioned, beast wars, transformers. Um, he actually worked on, uh, the from 96 to 97 the incredible hulk which is uh good as well the into the more recent stuff <clears throat> excuse me he worked on miles from tomorrowland i don't know if your kids watched that haley definitely did um yep and yep. He, he actually worked on transformers animated and transformers rescue bots which yep. is probably more of your your rescue bots was <clears throat> we watched the entire series of rescue bots in this house yeah we did not. Um, he worked on the, the Teen Mutant Turtles from 2005 as well. We probably saw yeah. more of that than anything else here. But, um, yeah, he's definitely been in and around uh, animation for, for, you know, decades. Mm -hmm. So, um, And like I said, the this debuted on Christmas, uh, December 25th, 1985. And we, of course, this is our Christmas episode this year, ladies and gentlemen. Um, and although it aired in 1985... Um, it actually was. It actually only officially aired one time, so unlike Rudolph and like 
Frosty and all those other ones that like CBS would put on. Well, it was CBS for us. I'm not sure if it was CBS probably for everybody. It's Channel 2 for yeah. us as we would know it, right? Those were seminal classics. They would show those every year with its original happening in the 1960s or 70s, whatever, right? The Ranklin Bass. The This one only technically aired once. Now, t- now I'm not saying that it wasn't aired other times by other by like channel five at other times. In fact, I remember seeing this at, I remember watching it originally well, you and I watched it originally in 85, but I remember seeing this several times over the years as one of the Christmas specials that they were showing. So, but it only ever officially aired as a one-time special, uh, which I was thought was kind of interesting. Yeah. And at, and at 44 minutes, I don't believe this was included in the either the master the He Man and the Masters of the Universe or She and the Princess of Power like regular syndication. Yeah, I don't think because so. I don't believe I've ever seen this split into two episodes. Like you would normally get a forty-four minute episode becomes two in the syndication package. I'm thinking I don't remember it being in any of those. I remember seeing it a second, at least a second time, more than just watching it on the v, on the VHS we had it recorded on. I just don't remember right. ever being in syndication. I definitely uh, could have been. Wait, it could have been when they aired. They used to air He-Man uh, in the Master Universe followed by She-Ra Princess of Power. They had a time when they aired them back to back every afternoon. It right. might've, they might have done it in there at, at, at Christmas time where they did. That's entirely possible, yeah. That could be. I could see it. That could have happened because I remember seeing it, um, you know, and I, I mean – 1985 so i'm seven you're five you know kind of thing it's not like we're super like you know like older i remember that being on or i had a tv in my room it was black and white but it was a tv nonetheless so it could have been during that time when they had the block of he-man and she-ra as the the power hour they used to call it but yes we all know the real power hour uh <laughs> in, in, in our house it was yeah. on you know so the power hour 605 on saturday sunday nights um, but yeah, I definitely think they could have done it there. That's about the only place you could have done it because think about it. There's no other way you're going to have He-Man. They didn't, I don't remember them ever airing He-Man back to back. No. Or She-Ra back to back. So. Right. Yeah. It was all, and they only did yeah, the, the two of them. And, and you know, it, I don't know that, um, you really want this in the regular syndication package. It's kind of an oddball episode, even for these two shows, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So you gotta, you know, maybe it's best to keep it at, at the holiday time. But I think that's where we probably saw it during that, like right around the you know, Christmas week. Maybe they said, you know, we're going to show the He-Man, She-Ra Christmas special. And because I remember seeing it again, but Channel 5, oh, sorry. Uh, so Fox, uh, it used to be WNYW uh, back in the day. Yeah. Um, just to Tom well, Panagri's. it's still WNYW. It's right. Just, but now it's this, the Fox. This is a pre-Fox era. Yeah. WNYW um, just a local station in uh, in New York at that time. Yeah, so they used to show some oddball ones, like the, at, at Halloween and Christmas. They had the oddball ones. They didn't have Charlie Brown. They didn't have whatever. I know CBS had uh, Casper's First Christmas, Yogi's First Christmas. Um, were they CBS or NBC? They might I think that's I think that want to say that was CBS. Was it? CBS, I thought it was. I'm trying because I'm, I'm, you know, it's, it's I'm going off of our, our VHS tapes yeah. that were taped of them. Right. What the little what what the the special presentation logo was at the beginning. You know, yeah. that, that's kind of how I'm I'm trying to remember this. Because CBS definitely had Frosty and they had Rudolph, um, and those were the two that every year were on. 
And every once in a while, you, they might sneak in one of the other ones, like Rudolph's Shiny New Year. Um, yep. But they, they did not show uh, with any regularity the year without a Christmas, uh, the, what, like all those other ones that have now no. become like a staple, right, of holiday viewing on, um, is it Freeform? No, not Freeform. Freeform, yeah, Freeform? but yeah. used to be ABC Family, yeah. yeah. I'm saying they used to have different names, and it was called, yeah, that was called Freeform. Um that those are the staples they show every year. I was like, Oh my God, they show these all the time. Like now they do. They didn't when we were kids. Um, yeah. but I remember Pac-Man's Christmas. That yes, might've been Pac-Man's. That was, the other thing I always, that as, was as definitely weird as this is, yeah. is that, um, one of the ghosts, which is pinky. Yeah. Cause the, the ghosts in Pac-Man of course are, uh, inky, blinky, pinky, and, um, Clyde, 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 yeah. you know, and so I always remember that it's at takes place at winter. And I always remember Pinky was the girl ghost. And I always remember she has her hands in like a muffler. And yep. I'm like, why does, why yep. do ghosts have hands? And why is she cold? <laughs> yeah. Never made sense. To me. Yeah. That whole, that whole special is weird. Um, we looked that one up. Actually, we tried to find, did we, can we find that one? I think we found some of it or we, I don't know if we found all of it. I tried to show it to Haley because we were looking up weird Christmas and um, Halloween ones and stuff like that and whatever. Um, but yes. I remember there being, and, I, and I, I I know there was a Fat Albert Halloween special. I am almost 100 yes. sure there's a Fat Albert Christmas special. And I want to say Fox showed that or Channel 5 showed that. And that's where He-Man yeah. would have aired. And I'm trying to remember the other ones they would have done because there was, because every channel had them. They were on always on different nights. You made sure you, you staggered the nights because, you know, no one wanted to compete for that because you knew what you were getting eyes on. Um, yeah. and the toy companies knew to run their ads during those and Nestle quick ran ads. I know people might think like, Oh, what I'm like Nestle quick that like when, when it became like, it was always the powder when we were kids. And then they eventually said, let's get syrup. And it was, you know, whatever. And strawberry quick. Um, you had the, 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 like the He-Man ads ran during He-Man. Um, a couple of those would run. You would always have the ads for whatever was coming up Saturday morning. Right. You know, like, you know, if you're going to watch if you're watching uh, um, on Channel 4 and NBC it was like, make sure you check out like Godzilla and whatever else, you know, kind of thing. Right. The Godzilla yeah. animated show um, kind of thing the other, there was there was always the stuff for kids, but it was never it was always a Toys R Us ad. There was always a, whatever, oh, yeah. like, those things ran. It's so weird now when you watch like um and I know, I know Charlie Brown was off TV for a, uh, a year or so, and now it's back. Uh, but when you watch those, they are not toy ads necessarily. They're no. like, no, the only place you really see toy commercials anymore is, you know, it's if you end up on like Cartoon Network or Nickelodeon oh, yeah. during the day. Oh yeah, during the day that it, and and it's funny because my kids don't watch a ton of those shows, mm -hmm. you know, but sometimes we do. Yeah. And and then you get the toy ads and it's like, wow, it's just it's just so odd to me because as a kid, toy ads were such a big deal. Yeah. And now they're like, it's just it's almost quaint. Well, you but, know? And the toy ads now, uh, so many of them are like in your face toy ads. They're not even like toy yeah. ads like like so. So like Master Universe toy ad would have kids playing like, OK, Skeletor, what are you doing? You know, kind of thing. And they'd have the kids playing and the dad would come in and whatever. Now it's like, buy this toy. You have to be 18 years old in order, but it's a wobble bubble. And it's like, what, what's a wobble bubble? I don't know. What <laughs> Haley's like, dad, I need a wobble bubble. I'm like, I don't know what that is. Is that a gastrointestinal problem? Do you need like pills for it? Like, is yeah. it going to pass? And she's like, no, it's a wobble bubble. And I'm like, 
You can say the yeah, word. You keep saying that word. That doesn't mean anything. You know? <laughs> I say that all the time. I said, you can keep saying the word. It doesn't mean I know what it is. So, yeah. um, but yeah, so he, but I'm just, you know, just give people a little background of this. I know because some people are, you know, maybe a little younger than we are. So maybe they never experienced this. Now, of course, this is available on, um, I have it on DVD. They used to sell, because I, I know the regular DVD is like $5 usually kind of thing for this. It's not available on Blu-ray. They used to sell at Walmart, and I don't remember if you remember this. They used to, um, at Halloween time, they have their Halloween movies, which are very, they have black and orange on the cases. It's the same movie, just with a special slipcase. Yeah, they, they put a, yeah, they put them in a slipcase or right. something. At Christmas, yeah. lately, they've had it in the Christmas slipcase, which has kind of like, you know, Christmas classic or whatever. A number of years ago, and I want to say it was Walmart, but I could be wrong and it could be Best Buy, or they both might have had it. They had them in a circular case that looked like a Christmas ornament. And mm. they did not, they wouldn't stand on a shelf well. They're really not designed for like display well. But I want to say it had, you had a piece of ribbon and it hung. Could this have been at Best Buy? I don't remember because they're both literally that next to each other. Been. In that sounds that sounds kind of like a that sounds kind of like a Best Buy sort of promotion. But it also um, sounds like a like a like a Walmart thing because it's the exact same because they're all five dollars or I shouldn't say they all are like this was five dollars but like Rudolph was ten and whatever and that sounds exactly like kind of Walmart thing where they're all just kind of sitting on the shelf but it looked like an ornament and you would open up the case and just be the regular old DVD inside but it had like just a um a circular um uh um, dvd case so right but yeah so anyway some of you might have watched it there some of you might have gone on youtube and found it you know kind of thing because this movie is out there so um yeah i will say that this film is um film this this show is readily available (laughs) it's a film it's 44 minutes Uh, and 25 seconds 44 minutes i don't know if that qualifies even uh even here but (laughs) in any event all i was going to say is that i i will give there is a large presence of masters of the universe and princess of power the vintage stuff on youtube Mm -hmm. and and it does say he-man and official and she-ra official so i'm guessing it's official because i mean they're just brazen about it so i think these actually are licensed to be shown on on youtube (laughs) um I, i may be wrong on that but again if if they're being this, I mean, there's a there's a lot of official stuff like this. Like um, uh, Hasbro put all of season one of GI Joe up yeah. during COVID and stuff. So I'm willing to bet these are legit. Yeah, it takes a and lot. That of, is where I I watched it on YouTube. It takes a lot of guts. Uh, it takes a lot of guts to just say official on it, and you're not. That would take a lot of guts on YouTube because I mean, they have yeah. like three hour compilations. We used to have tapes of that. Like, yeah, you know, just yeah. tapes of like five volumes of Masters of He Man and Masters of the Universe just back to back. Yeah. Put on, you know, just, uh, you know, a big beefy dude, uh, you know, righting wrongs and uh, saving the world. Yeah. With his super manly voice. Um, all right. So let's get rolling on the synopsis here, folks, because we're like, you know, 15 minutes in. We haven't gotten anywhere yet. All right. So while everyone in Eternia's royal palace is preparing for Adam and Adora's birthday, Adam is helping man at arms finish up the Sky Spy, a space shuttle intended to spy on Skeletor. Uh, the moment the the moment they head back to the palace, though, Orko gets inside the ship and messes up, messes around with the controls, causing the ship to blast off with him in it. All right, let's just stop there for a second. Yeah. So my first note here, okay. First oh, off, God. it's great. It's great seeing the Masters of the Universe and Princes of Power characters yes. all together uh, when they're in the palace. These now these shows did cross over some. Usually, uh, it was on Princess of Power because that was the show that came second. 
and you'd have Masters, Masters characters like He-Man show up on Princess of Power. Uh, but it's great seeing everybody here together. But the first question, okay, so it's a holiday special, and it's Adam and Adora's birthday. Mm-hmm. Right at the holidays mm-hmm. are Adam and Adora the Messiah. <laughs> Isn't that what they implied here? It, essentially, it's mm-hmm. like, you know, it's like, hey, you know, they'll they'll say, they'll save all of you. It's like, well, that sounds like Adam and Adora, doesn't it? I mean, you know. And the entire the entire kingdom has to celebrate their birthday as a holiday. Yeah. That one's kind of at least, I mean, you know, it's like the royal prince and princess are having a birthday. Y'all be, you all you all better celebrate, you know. So it's Right, like... but I'm saying is but they're decorating. Literally it looks like for Christmas almost. Yes. You know, I'm just saying, but they don't have Christmas, although we'll find out that, you know, they do know about, well, some of them know about Christmas, but not all of them, obviously. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, where are we? So Orko, he blasts the thing. Okay. Skeletor catches sight of the aircraft, and despite not knowing what it is or who is flying it, he gives chase after it um, in the collector. Um, that is like the most Skeletor thing, isn't yes. it? I don't know what it is, but I must have it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. And, uh, he's yeah, he's like, I got to have this thing. I don't, I don't know what that is. Like, and the worst is, you know, like, think about it, like the cronies with them. They don't. They're even worse than him. Okay, boss, oh, we'll just go. This, this is, this is like, I don't know. Was was like Beastman and Trapjaw and Triclops and Evil in on vacation for the holidays. <laughs> but the only thing I can think of, because you want to talk about the B team. I mean, I mean, he's got. First off, he's got too bad. Yeah. Okay. I love too bad. And though. too bad. He just keep, you know, as as too bad is apt to do. He just keeps arguing with himself. Yeah. You know, and it's like you can't get anything. I'm not sure why you would let him fly it if he's just going to keep arguing. Right. So that that's your first mistake. But then with him, he's got uh, Webstore and Webstore is OK. Huh? We got much, 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 uh, you know, beef with Webstore. Uh, but then Ratlore, who it's like, OK, Ratlore, he was one of those ones where he was a snake man. Yeah. And like Cobra Khan started out as, you know, one of. Uh, one of one of Skeletor's henchmen, right? Yeah. And then they introduced the Snake Men, and yep. they all were supposed to work for King Hiss. Yep. So on Princess of Power, Ratlore worked for the Horde. Yep. And in the toys, he was a Snake Man. Yep. And at least here, he works for Skeletor. It's yep. like this guy just no loyalty whatsoever from from Ratlore. Well, I can say this though: all of the guys that are in in with Skeletor on the TV shows, not as cool. In toy form, they are some of the coolest guys. Oh yeah, you they're know? fantastic. They look because because too bad looks so cool because he's got you know I I don't love the punching arm thing that he always had going on. I wish he had regular arms, but he was yeah. a cool looking toy. Webster looks like um like a, just a monster. Like he's because he's a he's a spider, and you're like oh yeah. this guy's so cool looking. And like all the Snake Men were cool. Yeah, it's just and like, Rat Lord was cool because he had. What I like most about Ratlore, I mean, yeah, he's got the gimmick where his head struck up, mm-hmm. but he's got the big rubbery long tail yep. with the with the rattlesnake tail on. So he actually stands really well because he's even though he's got these little stubby legs, yeah, he he stands pretty well. And then his gimmick is one of my favorites. He's just got a, a few little pieces of plastic inside, so you shake him and he rattles. Yeah, which right. is, which is great. I'm just saying. And then the third guy with him is Spycor. Yeah, and and on the show, I mean, okay, most. Pretty much all of Skeletor's henchmen, except Evelyn, were presented as being, like, really stupid. Yeah. Like, really stupid. It's pretty much Evelyn, Clawful, and Whiplash are the only ones that really make, you know, don't come off as really dumb. Spikor is, like, the dumbest of the bunch. <laughs> you know? he he. I mean, at least once an episode, he usually gets himself stuck to a wall or something. 
which is funny because as a toy, he's like super cool because he's got the trident that comes out of his hand. Yes. And like, you're yeah, like, you this guy the, should you be do the power punch of the trident actually extends out. It's yeah. Pretty neat. Like this guy should be like, like really cool. Like, you know, and then the show, they're like, wow, he's a moron. Well, you know, you know that was always, that was always the thing with, with uh, Skeletor and his crew is that, you know, uh, I've, I've seen various documentaries and stuff where they talk about that. They tried to make Skeletor more menacing. But kids liked him as like a, a what they I, Alan Oppenheimer described him as a comedy opera villain. Yes, and so you expect his, you know, I'm surrounded by fools, you know, that that sort of situation. So it works in in Masters of the Universe for, at least in this iteration of it, for the the evil warriors to be, you know, Skeletor managed to conquer Snake Mountain. Yes, yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> uh, and I, uh, yeah, yeah, go, yeah, go on. Oh, I was going to say, we haven't quite we haven't quite gotten to the next note yet. But, yeah, I mean, I, I do like this collector. Very uh, nice little piece of filmation technology as mm-hmm. well. Uh, we're at the point now where, you know, filmation always gets the raps. Oh, they all they did was reuse animation. And they did. They did reuse animation. Uh, they reused animation because all of their animation was done domestically. So it was extremely expensive yep. compared to, like, Sunbow and some of the other uh, studios that – um, you know, uh, exported their animation overseas and brought it back in to keep the, the cost down. So they did reuse a lot, but they got to the point here towards the end of it where they had enough stock animation that they could afford a certain number of new animations, usually per per half hour. And uh, this is a nice design. They always had really cool designs on the, the filmation yep. shows as well. They're good designers. Yep, I agree. All right, so before um, Skeletor can take down the... Uh... The, spy, the Sky Spy, even though he doesn't know what it's called. He-Man and She-Ra, uh, who are also unaware that Orko is in the Sky Spy, show up and punch a hole in the collector, throwing it off course. Because, you know, that's what we're going to do. Well, that's what you do. <laughs> punch a hole in we the are four, four minutes. Four minutes in, and we get Adam changing into He-Man. And then not even a minute later, She-Ra shows up. We don't see the She-Ra transformation here. Right. She-Ra just kind of shows up on this one. Right. Well, you know, the thing is, is like thinking, they, they, they know what side the bread is butter. Yeah, on this 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 is Christmas night. You are you are competing with all the toys and everything from that day. And you, let's be honest, eighty five kids kids had He Man's and stuff, and we had GI Joes and stuff like that too. But like, if you're gonna say let's watch He Man, the kids are gonna have the He Man and She Ra action figures with them. Yes, Castle Ray's there. Like, you know, maybe Snake Mountain, maybe what whatever else you know the kind of thing uh, you know. Whatever else they might have gotten for Christmas, maybe they have you know uh, the sky sled, maybe they have the whatever. You know. Kids want to see this stuff. No one's sitting around going, "Oh, let's tell a story about feelings and stuff." No, let's go punch a hole in the collector. That's what yeah. we need to do. So, anyway, uh, Orko meanwhile tries to get the sky spy to land uh, by way of a magic spell, which causes the shuttle to disappear from Eternia's atmosphere and crash land somewhere on Earth, because that's Orko. And that's what he does. Yeah. So that's Orko. Right. No one was surprised by that, mind you. Yeah. Uh, I'd be more surprised if it still worked. Yeah. I always loved yeah. that the Orko toy, the hat came off. That was a big thing. If you remember yeah. the episode, there was the female. God, I don't remember what her name was. Yes. And Trolla, wasn't it? I think so. Right. I don't know. Which, no, Trolla is Trolla is the name of their race. That's their planet that they're from. Yeah. I don't remember her name. Yeah. Well, was they, it Gorpo? I, I don't remember. I, I seriously. Now, oh, now I'm now I'm now now. Eh, go ahead. Now, the key was during the episode at the end, he takes his hat off to show her his his head and she takes her hat off to show it. And that was like a big thing. And then he they don't ever show it. But Orko takes down his scarf to show you show her his face. And that's like the biggest show of honor and like 
love between two of them. It was weird. Like, I remember this, and I'm like, okay. And I was really disappointed that the Orko toy, the, the, the thing didn't come off. But it makes perfect sense that it wouldn't. Because you can kind of guess what Orko's head looks like. I mean, it's not that hard yeah. to figure out, right? But to see his face was like the biggest sign of respect ever. Do you remember this episode I'm talking about? Kinda? Yes, yeah. I do. I do remember that. Driel. Driel. Sorry. Name just Name just Kate. Name. I remember the when I got Orko was took because you know I'm like five. Yeah. So it's like oh I could take his hat off. It's like oh it's just the same thing. Okay. Yeah. It's you just know, it's just, just black and blue horns. And and you know and and I think what you feel about Orko will give a good insight into how old you were when you got into He-Man. Yeah. Because there there are. And, and I'm going to speak plainly. There are some dudes online, and they're all dudes, that <laughs> really, really hate Orko. Yeah. Like, really hate Orko. And I was, like I said, I was I was a couple, I mean, I was, I mean, Master Eva started, what, 1982? So I was yeah. two. Yeah. You know? So I loved Orko. I still do. I mean, Orko's the man. I mean, Orko is great in this. I mean, he, he saves, he land, land, you know, he lands on Earth, and we'll, we'll see what, what you know, we, we get some great Orko moments yes. in this episode, including one coming right up here. Yeah. You know, but I I never had any real grief with Orko. It's like he's a comedy character. It's okay. I get that your you know your your show about a uh, guy using a magic sword to turn into a big beefy barbarian to fight a laughing guy with a face is super super serious. I yeah. get that. Yep. But you, a little comic relief is okay. Yeah. So uh, immediately following landing on Earth, he meets two children named Miguel and Alicia. Um, who had gone to uh, gone out to get their family's Christmas tree and had become lost in doing so, and he saves them from an avalanche. Right at this point, right? Yes, and uh, and that was that was my note. It's like so, Orko, despite the fact that he is not a great magician, okay, he's kind of like Doctor Who, right? He's like, oh, you know, I, I was pretty close, you know, <laughs> but uh, he's he's not a great magician, but he is always always presented in pretty much every iteration that he is in of Masters of the Universe as a member of the Heroic Warriors and really brave. Yeah. He doesn't bat an eye at saving the kids when he doesn't even know who they are or where he is. So Orko's always presented as as, as, as a hero. And I always like that, that it's kind of the same idea that we get in this series a lot is that, you know, there's different types of heroism. You know, there's there's different ways to be a good person, and Orko is he his way is by helping others. He did, he's not really good in a fight, yeah. you know, but but if 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 it comes down to saving someone or doing something to help his friends, Orko will will do it without any thought to himself. And I do like that here. It's very much you can tell that Lou, Lou Scheimer has uh, I've seen again many things that Orko was his favorite character, mm-hmm. you know, and you can see it the sure. way that he gets the, the spotlight. Yeah, it, make, it makes perfect sense too. I mean, to be honest with you, that's isn't that always the thing? The one, the the main character of the series is often not the creator's favorite character. It's mm-hmm. not like you know, it's like this whole series is about whatever. It's like yeah, but my favorite character is this guy. Why? Well, because that's the guy I most relate to. That's the guy, whatever. That's why that guy always has. He's the comedy. He's the whatever. Like, it's always the one they put more love into. Not to say that He Man yeah. and and Shira did not get. You know, I mean that. They're top guys, you know, kind of thing. They're yeah. they got out front, you know. Their their names are on the show. I'm just saying, but it's one of those things though that you kind of always have. It's usually how that works. Like, you know, you're the 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 creator's favorite is not always the the main guy, you know, because right. it's, it's that's what they're doing because that's their that's their work, and they're like, well, this makes this character that I really love, and he kind of becomes the secondary guy. So uh, Orko brings them uh, into the crash uh, sky spy where they explain Christmas to him. Which is interesting. 
uh, because you know it's as a kid you could see kids going how do you not know orko it's like well if you never heard of christmas yeah. before this would be kind of weird you know yeah. and and i do like that they cover all the bases because they the kids tell us the christmas story yes and they tell us about santa claus yes so we are, we are covering all the bases here it's mm-hmm. like yeah whatever type of christmas you're celebrating Mattel will gladly sell you toys during this uh, <laughs> during oh, this, this yeah. Christmas special. All right. Back to Onaturnia. Everyone discovers that Orko is missing when they find his magic spellbook near the Sky uh, the Sky Spy's launch pad. Man at arm manages Man at Arms, excuse me, manages to pull up the coordinates uh, for the Sky Spy's location, which Queen uh, Malar- uh, Marlena Marlena, excuse me, recognizes as Earth's coordinates. So um, funny story, the coordinates that they use for the, when they eventually have the earth coordinates, when they have to, um, the earth coordinates shown on the screen are actually the coordinates of the filmation address at the uh, time of production, including the street zip code and phone number and the telec number. All were shown. Funny. There. Yeah. Doesn't surprise me though, because that's the kind of end joke you would put in, in the 1980s. Before everyone had, well, like, you know, um, yeah. Well, plus, you know, you need some kind of coordinates and some type, something to do it. You know, it's like, hey, what? Why not use your own address? At least nobody can get mad at you for using it. Right. But I'm saying this. So, but it's the funny part is, it's like, um, it was like, uh, you know, like you know, in movies, everything's supposed to be five, 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 whatever. But like, yes. And in a movie that uh, we talked about on the on the vault, uh, you know, prom night two, hello, Mary Lou. The writer used his phone number as the number on the poster. And then received zero phone calls, which yeah. is kind of sad. Um, just throwing it out there. So, anyway, so um, unfortunately, Man at Arms transport beam needs a uh, carrium water crystal, of which there are none on Eternia, in order to gain enough power to bring Orko back. Uh, Adora suggests that they might be there might be one on uh, Etheria, uh, and. And after secretly transforming into Shira, rides on Swiftwind. Rides off on Swiftwind. Now, Swiftwind, of course, is her, uh, her um, Pegasus horse, right? Kind of thing. He's a he... yeah. Swift Swiftwind is a Pegasus and a unicorn. Yes. Uh, yeah. So it's like it's like take that, Princess Twilight Sparkle. Right. You know. But it's, it's saying it's like what do you got? Battle cat? What is he? Just a giant like tigery green cat? I got a unicorn uh, Pegasus over here. Pshaw, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. Uh. Anyway, uh, where are we here? Okay, once. Oh, so yeah, yeah so, so we're not again. We're now we're less than now, now. We get the the Shira. Yes. Transform. Right. You know, which is cool. Yes. Uh, once on Etheria, uh, Shira enlists the help of uh, Mermista to obtain yes. the, to obtain the crystal, which is guarded by a fierce creature known as the Beast Monster. Now, the Beast Monster. I had a note on him too. Where did it go? The Beast Monster, or at least its face, is based on a rubber dragon hand puppet. That was included with the Fright Zone playset. Yes. Yes, it is. And mo- that is what most people remember if they're old enough to remember the Fright Zone mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. Remember about the Fright Zone was that, believe it or not, the Fright Zone is actually bigger than it looks. But it looks like it's smaller than, yeah. and it is a little bit smaller than Snake Mountain. Snake Mountain itself is smaller than Castle Grayskull. Yep. Um, but the Fright Zone, which was the Horde's playset, the main thing people remember from it, like I said, it had a rubber snake puppet that mm-hmm. you actually put your hand in, and that was the monster of the Fright Zone. Yep. Because the Fright Zone's whole gimmick was that it was laden with traps. Like, yep. it had it had a, a prison cell, but the rest of it was traps. Like, it had a tree that was spring-loaded. It had, like, a rock thing that could grab somebody's leg. So it had a bunch of traps in it, because that was the Horde was going to trap you, because they were they were like the evil elite. Yeah. You know? 
Yeah, I love I, I do love the Beast Monster, a classic sort of filmation serpent using the, the, the filmation stock sound effects. Those the sound effect, the filmation mm-hmm. roars and stuff that we're all very familiar with. So I, I did like this scene a lot. I do like bringing in Mermista. Mermista's got a great like uh, Eastern European sort of voice. Right, which is which is uh, you know for a mermaid, it's like yeah, sure, I can see that. You'd think you'd have like a Scandinavian voice, like the mermaid, right, Little Mermaid type of right, thing. But yeah, you know, uh, Mermissa was cool too because she actually had her doll had the um, the 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 kind of typical thing where she had regular legs and you could put the sleeve over and she was a mermaid. Yep. You know, when they did the classics version of her, she actually had two different uh, uh, lower torsos. Right, because you, you know, chuck, swap yeah. them out. Yeah. Yeah. Etheria is always kind of neat. The thing about so Eternia is always to me, even though it's like a high technology thing, it always had kind of a low fantasy look to it. Yeah. You know, it was, you know, more barbarian ish. You know, we, it, it looked kind of like a peplum. You know, it was a lot, a lot of, a lot of browns, a lot of sand, <laughs> yeah. you know, that kind of color. No, you know, what I'm talking I about mean, I mean. that, that type of color scheme. Whereas Etheria is, is very much to me is much more colorful than Eternia because here we get we get both sides in the special, and we'll see some more of this later. We get both sides of Etheria because you've got the one part of Etheria where the rebellion kind of is in charge, and mm-hmm. it's like a storybook, you know, a lot of bright colors, uh, a lot of forest, a lot of you know that that type of environment. But then you have the section of Etheria that the horde controls, which is industrial and you know uh, dark grays and reds and blacks. And it looks very creepy and menacing, and it and it, it you know visually tells the story of the Princess of Power series very very straightforwardly. So I do I do like getting onto Etheria because Etheria is such a it's also unique to me because obviously we watch I mean we watch Princess of Power but we watch more mm-hmm. Masters of the Universe mm-hmm. and Princess of Power. So Etheria still is kind of neat to me in that it's uh, they said they they really stepped up and and they could have Filmation could have just recycled it and done the exact same thing but they they changed it around and really made a, a new setting for the stories to take place. Yep. The, they managed to secure the crystal uh, in their possession, but just as, as She-Ra and uh, Swiftwind prepare to leave, they are halted by a group of huge android menaces known as the Monstroids. Um, having been told... I got all excited for a minute here. <laughs> this is uh, not the Monstroid. No, the Monstroids. One of the, great, one of the greatest toys of all time. Yes. These are other Monstroids. Other Monstroids. But, having been told now, about... it does make me wonder, <clears throat> Yeah. is that what these are supposed to be? The others of the because group? Because the Monstroid, I want to say, if I'm remembering correctly, Monstroid was a creation of the Horde in the toy line. I think so. Because I want to say, in, on the Monstroid, it shows it grabbing heroic warriors and evil warriors, as you would on a Horde, uh, you know, uh, yeah. uh, mean, seeing them around. So it's like, okay, are these supposed to be like that, you know? Are these supposed to be Horde creations like the Monstroid that we got in the toy line? And I don't know if it's intended or not, but in Luke's head canon, it absolutely is. It mean, why, why use the exact same name? Yeah. It doesn't make sense otherwise. You know, the name name doesn't have to be used again. They, you could come up with something, all you know, whatever. I mean, yeah. so uh, yeah. The difference here is that these monstroids we'll see actually have like a rudimentary transformation, yeah, sort of uh, ability that they demonstrate. Yeah. Whereas the the toy monstroid wa- did not demonstrate that. He just you know grabbed things in his giant claws and spun them around. Yeah, and and when you bring it to Mexico with you. The lady at customs has a real good time trying to twist that thing around, trying to figure out what the heck you had in there. Um, don't don't worry about the plastic knife underneath it, which made you know crazy sense. Anyway, it was the eighties; yeah. it was a different time. Yeah. Do you mean to declare? No. Okay, no. go go on into yes. the country. Thanks. Any uh, fruit to declare? Yeah. 
So where is it? Uh, the monsters having been told uh, about them by some friends of hers known as the Mansheens. Okay. So let's talk about the Mansheens for a second. Um, yeah. The Mansheens, they are uh, definitely something that will come out of this universe. Hey, the only Mansheens ever that are named on screen are Cutter, Zipper, and the dog Relay. Filmation actually developed names for all the other members. The other members were Clutch, Crank, Digger, Driller, Piston, Rotor, Whipsaw, and Wrench. Yikes! There you go. It's like a, it's 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 like this. It's like a whole. I mean, you just you just say those names. Yeah. It sounds like a GI Joe knockoff. That's it? what I'm saying. Is that why are these sound like a bunch of dreadnoughts that need? To... <laughs> well, I mean, Clutch. I mean, Clutch is one of the originals for crying. Yeah, out but loud. yeah, but he's not. He's not a, a dreadnought. But I'm saying is. But no, no, I'm saying he's one of the original thirteen. Yeah, right. So you know, hanging out in the motor pool with the uh, with with Steeler and uh, Cover Girl, right? Yeah. So I just wanted to throw that out there because they're here. It, it really seems to me like, hey, you know, if you want to bring Princess Power back for another season, look, here's a whole supporting cast we can introduce. You know. Yeah. Look at all the stuff. And, we and have. if you want to give, you know, and if you like these guys, we'll make toys of them. Yes. Because they all look like they, they all look like they should have like a little spring loaded uh, gimmick of some kind. Yes. Yes. Every you one know? of them would. Every one of them would. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, upon Adora's return with the crystal, Man-at-Arms gets to the... Oh, wait. Did I miss something here? Uh, yeah. I did. I did. Yep. I missed something. The, mon- yeah. the Monstroids mm-hmm. trap them and leave them leave, leave for their headquarters, allowing She-Ra and uh, Swiftwind to escape. I, I knew I had to do something. I, I, she just got caught. She got to go back. Upon Adora's return yeah. with the... So, the Monstroids very, very confident yes. in their ability. Super confident. Okay. So, she on Etheria, She-Ra has thwarted every single plan. Since Adora left the horde and joined the rebellion, yep. but they seem really confident. Yeah, we got her in a fourth. Yeah, we, right. we got this. Yeah. We got this. Um, <laughs> upon Adora's return with the crystal, Man at Arms gets the transporter beam working, and sure enough, Orko and the Spy Sky are transported back, uh, back in back to Eternia. But, but, Orko has brought Miguel, Alicia, and their Christmas tree with them, because they're all inside the Sky Spy. <laughs> Yeah, like, yeah. Well, it's you know, it's it's one of those best laid plans situations. Hey, all right? man at arms knows he's bringing it back. He, yeah. he's, he's doing the best he can. You can see it's like, well, it looks like I did my job. No one can possibly blame Duncan for this screw up. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll just sidle out the side here and go. <laughs> After explanations are made, the children are told that uh, it may take a few days for the crystal to recharge before they can return to Earth, and they are quite distressed. That they might miss Christmas, because what do you mean yeah. I'm gonna miss Christmas? Like they are so angry that not only did this this uh, spaceship land, which is you know like blowing their minds as it is, then this little guy saved them from being killed in an avalanche. Now they're on another planet where they don't have Christmas, let alone like you know know where they technically are. And there's and they don't they don't know this yet, but there's like a guy walking around wearing kind of like a skirt with a skull for a face. Like, you know, kind of thing. Like, they don't even know this yet. You know, kind of thing. Like, right. if it's you like, thought it was yeah, weird yeah, already, yeah. kids, just wait. You know? Yeah, things are things are going to get weirder. Yeah. Make, have no doubt. It, it's Masters of the Universe. It's going to get weirder. So Queen Marlena, of course, sympathizes with the children from her own planet. Of course, because Queen Marlena is, of course, from Earth. Uh, Queen Marlena was an astronaut. Yes, from Earth, an astronaut from Earth, which I always thought was cool because it's like, well, that's you know, for night. I mean, it's pretty. I don't want to put thinking. too fine a point on this. Yeah, 
was it's pretty forward thinking for the 19, early 1980s. Exactly, yeah, especially especially for the 80s, you had a, a female astronaut, yeah. you know, which was pretty cool. And then she became a queen, and she's kind of, you know, Randor is kind of like, you know, Randor's not, I'm not going to he's, uh, you know, <laughs> we know. He's, he's not kind of dim, but he's kind of ineffectual as a, as a king sometimes, yeah. you know? Yeah, he's not quite, you know, well, I mean. Kip, you're out. Who this human is? Who's exactly like my son? Who could this guy be? He looks just like Adam. I never see it in my mind. I always wanted a master. You remember the game, what is it, the King and Balloon? Or Balloon and Pop? The one where you got to rescue the king. He goes, help, help, help. They should have made a game Randor. like that where you were like E-Man and the Wind Raider trying to save Randor. He goes, help, help. You know. <laughs> oh, cool toy, though, yeah. Randor. Yeah. Well, yeah. Where were we? So she, okay. uh, so she decides to combine Adam and Adora's birthday party into a Christmas party. Once again, nailing home that Adam and Adora are supposed to be the Messiah. We're going to nail this together with Christmas. Just put it all yep. together. Um, where was I? Meanwhile, Skeletor and, H- and Hordak are summoned by the Supreme Master Horde Prime, who believes that Christmas, the, the Christmas spirit that is now being brought to Eternia is the only thing that could stop his rise to power. Okay. So, Skeletor and Hordak. Yes. Have some similarities to them in their faces. There's some yeah. skull and creature, you know, like, like kind of thing there. Could they be like, I mean, there's other similarities between their characters, but they are very different villains. Yes. You know? <laughs> yeah. And the thing with, so, so Hordak, we'll talk about Hordak for a minute here. <laughs> so, you know, the, I'm okay with the the filmation Hordak where he looks more armored, mm-hmm. but I was always I always prefer the Mattel Hordak with the black armor and the cape. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. it was like kind of majestic. He he looked to me and and the way that his his kind of bat like bat skull face deal with the red eyes, he looked like something you'd see in like a Conan comic. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you was I mean, uh, yeah, I know you're saying you're, you're somebody's yelling it's like, well, what about you know. Uh, what about Falsa Doom and Skeletor? I'm like, yes, I understand that. But the the the, the toy Hordak to me always looked more menacing mm-hmm. than the filmation. But I like the filmation Hordak. They give him the the gun for a hand too. But uh, their their relationship is always weird. These two, you know, because they that was always the thing is that the, the evil warriors in the toys were always different from the Horde. Mm-hmm. But in the cartoon, they kind of conflated them together a little bit, and that Skeletor either worked with Hordak at some point or worked for Hordak, depending on which version you're watching. And I, I never really got too down with that, to be honest with you. I, I like Skeletor more as, as his own guy and Hordak as his own guy. Yeah. But they are pretty funny as rivals here. Yeah. And they clearly don't like each other at all. No. no so, um, and Horde Prime is just completely done with it. They don't, he doesn't want to hear any of this stuff from either one of them. I have had <laughs> enough of you. <laughs> Uh, Horde Prime, he's got he go he comes from the Doctor Claw sort yes. of villainy. You only ever see his hand. Yes. Yeah. yeah he's, and, I, and he has a great line: "Cause she were that muscle bound female." Yeah. Which I love. That line wouldn't fly today, though. Um, no. You know. Fly today. Like that muscle bound fool and his and his awesome sister, who's great at everything. Yes, yes that one. Yes. <laughs> um, he orders them to go capture the two Earth children, promising a reward, which sparks a fierce competition between Skeletor and Hordak. Uh, which we just were talking about. Uh, yeah. Soon, just as Bo finishes writing a song he wrote about Christmas, Hordak shows up and uses his tractor beam to capture Miguel and Alicia, taking uh, Orko with them. All right. Yeah. So, so Bo, Bo and Perfume, Bo and Perfuma, 
have this like little musical interlude. Yes. Oh. Okay. Now I've I've had I remember having a discussion once with a uh, a, a, a gal who was a, a fan of she was a Transformers fan and you know uh, like GI Joe she was not sure about Master Universe started looking into it and she latched onto perfume for some reason and she really liked this character because she was just I don't know I think she liked her because she was kind of a ditz yeah but it's like I'm again. I don't have any issue with that. I'm not sure how her power is good in a fight against, you know, the evil horde robots. I'm just just putting it out there. You know, I like Perfuma too. She she I think she was scented. I think she was a scented figure from that so. line. I, I think, think she so. smelled like flowers. And she had a thing, um, you know. But Bo. Okay. Good old Bo. Um yeah. Yep. I'm not. I, 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 you go ahead. I, I got to compose my thoughts on. That's Bo about here. the best we can say about Bo, though. I, I don't. I, I think people kind of once they see Bo, they're like, oh, big like, gotcha, you know, kind of thing. He is. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I, you know, and what I'm trying to think was the. Uh, wasn't there a? Uh, there was another. There was like a, a rival. Seahawk, I think, was his name. Yes, Seahawk was. He was like Bo's rival for. Okay. Shira's affection. Right. He was like a like a pirate, you know. And it's like I get I get Bo's deal. I do get Bo's deal, okay. And I understand that when you've got you know a heroine that uses a sword, her male sidekick has to use a bow. I'm 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 okay with that. His his toy was a little weird. It was like the heartbeat thing. Yes, you know, which was oh okay. Yeah. But you know, it's like Seahawk always seemed like a better fit. I mean, he was more adventurous. You know, he was uh, you know. I guess I guess, I guess uh, Bo is more loyal. He's always there, right? You know, yeah. he's he's putting in the hours in the rebellion. Yeah. But uh, yeah, th- this musical interlude is like, whew, okay. It's only a forty-four minute show, guys. Yeah. Speed it along. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, uh, where are we here? And then, and then, oh, sorry, then we sorry. get yes. then we get um, uh, Hordax crew, and uh, what's interesting is that so we get Hordax crew, and as was the case. On the Princess of Power show, the majority of Hordak's crew are Masters of the Universe characters. Yep. And this was always the thing when the new Princess of Power came out, the She-Ra and the Princesses of Power, the one on Netflix. Yes. I remember a lot of people getting very angry that boys or men had opinions on this and said, well, that show was always for girls anyway. You shouldn't have been watching it. And it's like, well, first off, I thought we weren't allowed to say that. Yeah. Well, sure, sure. Yeah. But it's like, secondly, if the show was only for girls, why were half the characters from a boy's toilet? That's right. Yeah. You know? So you get, besides Hordak, we get Katra. Now, Katra, she was she was the main uh, uh, villain in the Princess of Power toy line. She sure. had multiple versions of of her, just like um, just like Skeletor and He-Man did, and, and She-Ra did, I should say. Uh, and she also had the mount. She had um, Claudine, which was the pink version with a mane. Of the the Battle Cat and Panther uh, mold, but then we also get Modulok. Yes, and everybody loves Modulok. Yeah, Modulok. You know, yeah. evil horde scientist and his creation Multibot. Yeah, and uh, you know, as anyone, as most people will recall, they had the same gimmick. They were just you just got a box of body parts. Yeah, you put them together. <laughs> and you could assemble them however you wanted, and you could combine Modulok and Multibot into Mega Beast. Yes, yes, it's like. Yeah, yeah. A young Rob Zombie's like, hey, hey, I know. How to do that. <laughs> um, I, I got, I go, I forgot, I forgot to mention this before, but I want to mention this right now before I forget. So, Man at Arms needs the uh, the Kyrium Water Crystal, right? 
So in the filmation uh, series Brave Star, which would come later, curium is actually the most valuable substance on the planet New Texas. Oh. oh see, they, they were ahead of their game, and they kind of brought it back. Yeah. Brave um, Star was a pretty cool show, too, because, you know, kind of like uh, Master Universe was, was a mashup of, you know, science fiction mm-hmm. and, and uh, sword and sorcery and all that. Day. Brave Star threw Western in. Yeah. It's you it's know, it's a very from, different from show. Star yeah. What's that? It's different. It's, 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 I'm saying, Black Star. Um, you know the uh, um, yeah. Is that the, that's the one with what's his name, right? Um, uh, who's the yeah, villain Black on that? Black Star is the one that came before it. Yeah. yeah. Who's who's the who's the villain? I can't remember his name. Oh, I can picture him. Yeah. Too. So can I with the with the red uh, the red do, and the pink doodads on his head and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that and He Man works relatively close ish. Like in look and kind of feel, they're very like you know, kind of you look at me like, okay, I kind of get this. Brave yeah. Star, you're like, okay, this is different. Yep, I want to say the bad guy, the main bad guy in Brave Star is Tex Hex. I think so. And I want to say that Tex Hex was originally going to be a villain, like a one-off villain on either Masters of the Universe oh. or Princess of Power, and it was decided, no, 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 that this guy's too good to use as a one-off. Right. Let's keep him for a different show. That makes perfect sense, actually. Yeah. Uh, so where are we here? So um, uh, he and the minions don't get far, though, before the ship is brought down by the monstroids, because why not? Who take the children hostage to deal with Horde Prime themselves and force Hordak and his men to retreat. Because the monstroids are like, look, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll go to Horde Prime with this. We, we can take care of this stuff. Not you guys. Yeah. Um, luckily, the Mansheens show up uh, to rescue uh, Orko and the children. The monstroids, uh, monstroids try to stop them from escaping, but He-Man and She-Ra, um, having been told of the children's location by Peekaboo, who I have a note on in a second, show up just in time to handle them with the help of the other Mansheens. Okay, so two quick notes here. Um, Peekaboo resides in a temple in this story, which is much more extravagant than the cottage she inhabits in The Perils of Peekaboo, which is from 80, which is 86, which comes after this. Um, uh-huh. also we see she refires a beam from the crystal in her sword at the monstroids. The only yes. other time she's able to use this ability was in the prisoners of the beast Island, which was also from 85 from the show. So, yeah, yeah. She has different powers yep. because, um, you know, Adam or excuse me, he man primarily relied on his strength, you know, right. whereas, and she did do like strength feats during her show, but she also had like other magical yep. abilities. She was more like a magical girl in that sense. We see her, doesn't she, she, uh, she like puts out a fire or something with, with the sword, the, the sword of honor, I think earlier in the episode. Yeah, she too. Does, I mean, it's, it's just, it's just to me, it's just like the problem was like he man, like, okay, so let, let's, 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 let's be very honest here, folks. If any of you actually are old enough to actually remember real he mans, when they came out, the book, the booklet, that, the comic book, the handle he man, he was a barbarian, had nothing yes. to do with this show, like the very yeah that that very first mm-hmm. uh, um, was it the Legend of Grayskull yes. or whatever it is I think is the very first mini comic, yes. and as an aside, um, you can although you, if you have Hoopla yeah. or if your library system has Hoopla, the the mini comics collection is available on there. You can read all of these, or you can go on HeMan.org and check them out. But please go ahead, I interrupted. No, you. no, what I was saying is, so HeMan. Like as in like like the He Man that when I, when I first got the He Man I had never actually I mean we got He Man and we whatever the show but I started reading that little mini comic going oh this guy's not a not a like just a guy he's a barbarian and I'm like a huge Conan the Barbarian fan because I was a huge Schwarzenegger fan I'm like this guy's like a major dude like he's like 
not just some magic guy. He's like an actual guy, like could kill people, yeah. you know, whatever. Right. Um, needless to say, our He-Man and, um, well, even our, I mean, our GI Joe had way more killing in it than our He-Man, uh, you know, movies we would make as kids. We'd you know, kind of play it out had way more killing than Master Universe ever did. So I'm just throwing it out there. So, yeah, because you know, yeah, they, they were more Conan the Destroyer yes, than anything else. Like yes, we did a lot of Conan the Destroyer kind of thing. That's why Webster was so cool because he looked like the Mirror Monster enough where you could kind yes. of go with it. Anyway, yeah, ju- just like just like how Superpowers Mantis became your Predator. Oh, he was perfect for GI Joe because he was he was perfect. He was taller. Than, I mean, he was the wrong color, but he was taller than them too. So it works so well with when you had Mercer, who is looks just like Dutch. The wrong color, but yeah. it looks just like Swarthy, right? <laughs> right? And you had your, yeah. your crew, and, and that's the Predator. It was so cool. And then they came out with Predators, but we were a little too old to be kind of doing that stuff. And they didn't work as well. Yeah, but yes, we were a little too old to buy them and stand, stack them no, on no, the shelves. No, no, no. Yes. I'm saying is to make full-blown no, we movies know, we for hours, hours and hours and hours. No, no, I get that. No, we, we were not old, not too old to buy them and put them on our and shelves. And still own them. Man, we we didn't know how well we had it with those oh Kenner Alien and Predator toys, did we? The Jeez. thing is, the crazy part about the Kenner, those those toys, though, they were not in proper scale to the GI Joes to be the Predator and stuff. They're like they were just a little out of the wrong kind of scale. And you're saying, but Jay, the superpowered yeah. friends weren't either, right? But Mantis, his 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 head and his hands, they were in scale enough where you could buy that it's just a larger version of the three and three quarter inch. You know, they were the bigger thing. Right. He looked like the way the Predator should look. The problem was with the Kenners and stuff. There's nothing wrong with them. They're great toys, but they when you look at them next to a G.I. Joe, the three and three quarter, the heads are just a little too big. The feet are just a little yeah. too big. It's like they should be a little taller for these dimensions. You know, they, they almost scale better with Masters of the Universe. So if you really want that He-Man versus yeah. Aliens yeah. situation, yeah. You it's can close. It. It's not perfect. Oh, now, now I now I have a picture. I've got I've got the I think I have the scorpion alien upstairs as He-Man punching them and blowing up. <laughs> Those are awesome. Those toys were just phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, okay. So during the battle, Skeletor arrives, uh, arrives in and captures Miguel and Alicia, taking, um, taking with him, uh, taking with them a machine puppy named Relay. Hordak reappears and shoots down Skeletor's sky scooter, uh, not sky scooter. What's that thing called? The sky sled. Sky, the sky sled, sled yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Crash landing him on a snowy mountain range. Um, because of this, Skeletor is now forced to bring his prisoners to Horde Prime on foot. Okay. So <clears throat> there's a lot happening here, folks. There's, there's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we had to, we had to get that musical interlude. So now we got to yeah. cram a bunch so of stuff So you have Hordak steal the children in Orko. The monstroids attack Hordak and you're like, but they're both bad guys, but they're not on the same side as the, they're, they're on their own sides. So they attack yeah. them. Everybody wants Horde Prime's yes. uh, right. approval right. Yeah. here. So know? now Skeletor is like, well, let me steal them off. So, so now you have Hordak stole them away. The monstroids attack them, causing them to run away. Now the children are there. Skeletor steals the kids and the, and Relay and is now going to take them over there. Hordak says, oh, no, you're not, and shoots them down. If anyone says wrestling is too confusing with all these storylines running together, watch this yeah. movie. <laughs> or right, how yeah. about this, this 55 seconds of film? Because literally, <laughs> what? Why are you tying so many things together right here? And why we could have spread this out a little bit if we didn't have to have a song about Christmas from Bo. 
Yeah, but you need a musical interlude. It's a Christmas I'm just special, saying. right? So. If we learn yeah. nothing else. Anyway, where are we? So they're on foot. Okay. So, um, where are we? Ten foot. During the trek, he experiences an uncharacteristic, uncharacteristic urge of kindness that results in him um, fitting the children with warmer jackets to protect them from the cold and bringing Rhea along so he doesn't freeze to death and then protects them from a snow beast. Now, the snow beast, I got a note on him. Yes. Uh, the yep. character modeled used for the Snow Beast is actually reused from the Ice Hacker from the Dragon's Gift in 1983. So, yep, that's, that's what you were saying before. Filmation, you know, again, the chances that a kid who is like our age remembering the Dragon's Gift from 83 and remembering that it's the same. OK, you're not going to remember that, you know, kind of think how many times did you. And if you do, yeah, you don't exactly. care. I mean, it, the Dragon's Gift, I think, took place yeah. on Eternia. Yeah. So, it's okay. You know, I mean, okay. It's, sure, it's going totally to be there, yeah. right? Um, he also yeah. inquired... Yeah, this, sorry, go on, go on, yeah, go on. Go on, go on. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was going to say, this whole mm-hmm. sequence... But, but go read, read the last sure. one of the synopsis, because that, that is that that is kind of the exactly. setup of this whole thing. Yeah. Um, he also inquires the children about uh, Christmas, uh, all the while trying to reassure, reassure them and himself that he is still a bad guy. Go for it. This is like the whole point of this special. And this is what everybody remembers, you know, is uh, this. So, you know, Skeletor makes the, you know, the, the kids are complaining that they're cold and Skeletor's rationale is that they're moving too mm-hmm. slowly because with his magical powers, the cold doesn't bother him, but the kids are just mortals. And so he makes them the warmer clothes and they say, wow, thank you, Skeletor. You sure are kind. Kind? Never use that word around me. Yeah. <laughs> I am not nice. Yeah. So Alan Oppenheimer, who plays Skeletor, having a ball doing this, clearly, you know. Yeah. And absolutely a ball as Skeletor. And the thing with Skeletor is that, yes, Skeletor was a bad guy. But as we said, he was always, you know, a comedy yep. opera villain. So even when he came close yep. to winning, he was yep. always funny. And I know as a kid, I, and I say as a kid, as a kid and as an adult, I always like Skeletor more yeah. than He-Man. Skeletor is a lot more fun a character than He-Man. Like, He-Man is cool, and He-Man's a hero. But Skeletor, you look at him, it's like, okay, that dude is having a lot of fun doing what he's doing. And he's a fun character. So to have him get a pang of conscience here, it, it's it's pretty sweet, really. But he, he's so angry about it, so it's funny as well. So, But Skeletor is, I mean, isn't that always the case, though? The villain usually has a much better story than the hero anyway. Um, and I think mm-hmm. what, what hurts the hero, hero, what hurts He-Man more than anything else in Master of the Universe is that we know he's Adam. Adam is pretty boring. He-Man's just a, he's just a good guy who always does the right thing. There's just no shade of gray with him. I mean, I'm, I'm not, right. again, I know people are like, but Jay, Superman for years didn't. Ha- Superman had shades of gray, just not not Batman shades of like, whoa, that's the darkest gray we got, you know, kind of thing, right? Um, but like, isn't that the problem with heroes though, who don't have any gray to them? And I think maybe that's me speaking as someone who's jaded over all these years. I mean, literally, I love the Punisher, which is like the you know not really a hero technically, and I guess you know, uh, right. I mean, like I'll save everyone by shooting them, you know, uh, whatever. Uh, you know, but isn't that though the case though, when you look back, I mean, even as a kid, we kind of knew that he man, okay. Like he's the, he's the main guy, but like steep down inside, you're like, man, man at arms has seen some stuff. 
you know? Like, yeah, like right. I know Duncan's supposed to be like, well, I'm kind of Duncan over here, you know, but he's seen some stuff like Tila. Yeah. Even though they kind of expanded upon this in, in the, the most recent series that was on Netflix, Tila kind of like, she's a little naive about things, but like, she's definitely seen more stuff than even Adam. Right. You know, kind of thing. You're like, yeah. I mean, really, Adam, to me, didn't really become a compelling character in his own right until the uh, the uh, yeah, the 2000 exactly. series, what they, what they call 2000X, the Mike mm-hmm. Young Productions uh, reboot. I'm asking you, Adam there became much more interesting in his relationship, not only with Tila, but also with Duncan and with the Sorceress, and even with his parents. He became a much more interesting character, but He-Man was a more interesting character yeah. on that show, too, because the nature of... You know, there and and I'm not taking anything away from the original show. Cause the original show, it gets slagged on. I will, I will, I will die on this hill. The writing on Masters of the Universe and Princess of Power is way better than one. It had any right that it had to be, and two, it's a lot better than a lot of the other shows mm-hmm. that people remember mm-hmm. more fondly because they had better mm-hmm. animation. I, I'm not going to. I'm not going to you know pick out this show is good, that show is not. But that's just my that's my take. You go back and I think again the writers on those filmation shows knew they had limited resources sometimes with the animation. So they had to tell things with the story. And so you do get some really creative stuff and some really insightful stuff. Whereas a lot of these shows that people remember more fondly, they, they revisit them. Sometimes they're like, wow, there's not a lot there. Is there? It's pretty, but the story is just kind of perfunctory. So I'm just saying as a character, He-Man in this iteration of Master Universe is nowhere near as interesting as he could have been. But, He's I right. mean, Adam is just kind of like Adam's just window dressing. He doesn't even really exist on this show for any other reason, just to be He-Man's alter yeah. ego, right? I think right. on Princess of Power they went deeper into exploring who the people who like who uh you know like although it's not she's not really that important either, you know kind of thing. She's more important as Shira, obviously, you know kind of thing. Um, but the well, but the thing, at least with Adora, we do get, you know, in in uh, Secret of the Sword and all that, we do get Adora's yeah. origin, and we do see a little bit of Adora acting yeah. on her own when she's Force Captain Adora, you know. So yeah, that I that is so. that. I'm is just saying, something. but I think they I think they explored it, it more of of her duality of a character. Probably more it is. She's she her duality yeah. of of who she is as a character is explored much more in Shira than it ever was in He Man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it it helps that you know she's yes, the authority sure. figure. You know, whereas Adam is the prince and he's a goofball, whereas Adora is not a goof. You know, Adora is, you know, part of the rebellion, too. So anyway, you know? sorry, I didn't mean to derail us there, but um... no, it's it's I mean, it's absolutely on point. And that's the thing and that. But, you know, even then, what again, Skeletor getting the pang of conscience and Hordak mm-hmm. not that again speaks to the difference between, you know, the, the evil warriors yeah. and then the evil yeah. horde. Right. The way that and that's all marketing from mm-hmm. Masses Universe side. Because if if you recall the very first Evil Horde yeah. commercial, they they yep. trap Skeletor. Yep. They don't trap He Man. They trap Skeletor because Skeletor is lost in the fright zone, and the Horde traps him. At the end of the commercial, I always thought this was funny. Skeletor goes friends, but yes. the kid playing Skeletor goes friends. The kid playing or the Evil Horde doesn't have any friends. <laughs> you know? We have nothing, Billy. Like, Be quiet. And it's like a six year old like. As a six-year-old, like, they're not playing that around. That kid's not man. taking any prisoners. He's like, we're going to have it out tonight. Sleep at one I open, Jack. Yeah. You know, kind of thing. We're shutting Gutierrez down tonight. It's like Triple H <laughs> playing Hordak in here. You know? Oh, God. Oh, 
it's all about the game. Anyway, uh, so uh, just as Horde Prime arrives in his ship, He-Man, She-Ra, and Orko finally catch up. But Hordak arrives as well because, you know, timing. Um, he knocks Skeletor yeah. out, out by uh, deflecting his uh, laser beam. Um, and this distracts He-Man and She-Ra by sending out... Uh, they distract He-Man and She-Ra by sending out the Horde troopers who are just basically, you know, like punching bags, but they have to have something there, right? Yeah. They're cannon fought. Just in the nick of time, uh, Relay succeeds in waking Skeletor, who saves his would-be captive by shooting down the Horde Prime's arriving ship. Uh, infuriated Horde Prime attempts to shoot Skeletor, but He-Man and She-Ra lift his ship and throw it into space before he gets the chance. Okay, so this, let, let me read that sentence again. Um, yeah. <laughs> Before he can, where is it here? Uh, Horde Prime attempts to shoot Skelter, but He-Man and She-Ra lift his ship up and throw it into space before he gets the chance. Yeah. Yep. So essentially, He-Man and She-Ra didn't like it, so yep. they shot him into uh, space. Just yeah. No jumpsuit. Um, I, I do, I do love the appearance yes. of the Horde troopers. Um, now, now I'm not, I'm not one of these, I'm not one of these guys, and and and, and I try not to be. You know, we we didn't want for no, of course playthings when we were kids. Okay, there was no. no no question. And I'm not, and you know, all of the masters toys and stuff that we had, we had some yeah. really cool stuff. Not gonna lie. And there are some later things that are neat. That's like, would it have been oh, neat sure. to have that? Yes, but you know, it's like okay, there, there are no, there's there's no, you know, what what the Transformers fans call crucial stuff. The one uh, that I always thought was really cool, though, even though probably because and you know it would have gotten used, yeah. is that Horde Trooper. The only the only army builder they ever did in Masters of the Universe or Princess of Power was the Horde Trooper, and you know that you're going to just have He Man punching him and falling mm -hmm. and falling over over and over, right? I mean, you're just going to keep doing that, or or me, Monstroid is going to hit him and like wipe. So him the out, only right? thing I can think of um, that might have been really cool to have that we were just too old for was an original Scare Glow. Would be really cool. Yeah, and, and I know we were too old for that. We right. were we were too old for that at the time. It was we were out of what we were doing and stuff. But an original Scare Glow, because I just know how cool Scare Glow is now. And I thought like that was always to me like the super cool looking. Like that would have been really cool. But it wasn't like I needed yeah. it at the time because. Uh, wait, no. Wait, so what year is that? When does Scare Glow come out? Like, 87, 87 88, I think, that range, right? right? Yeah. I mean, we were kind of getting busy, uh, with like you know playing sports and like kind of, you know, whatever. And we weren't really, yeah. you know, I, I said, I, I, yeah, I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. I, I mean, I, I've, I think I've told this story before that the one, the one figure I always remember asking for from Mass Universe that, that, that dad said no on was the same yep. year was clamp yep. champ. And, uh, and I just remember, I remember being at like KB mm -hmm. in the mall and dad was like, aren't you guys done with that? You know, basically. Yeah. And it's like, no, yeah. I guess I am. Okay. So I never got, I know I just say don't have a clone. Yeah. And it wasn't that, dad just reason. trying to like, you know, but, shut which us is, down. Again, not, I'm not, yeah. not, a, not right. an issue. I'm just saying is, but those but, later guys, like there were some cool ones like that. There's one offs yeah. there and there, but we certainly didn't need every one of them. And it was, and again, like Luke said, we no. were not hurting for play toys. Like, you know, we had, we had no, it, so many. You know, the, the killing yes. fields of Eternia that made up yeah. parts of our house. Yeah. No question. I mean, it's just like G.I. Joe. <laughs> Did we be hurting for G.I. Joe's? No. Is there, is there like, no, I mean, no. was there cool ones that were repaints that we didn't get? Okay. It wasn't the end of the world. I mean, like, you know, it's just yeah. what it was anyway, but yeah, I, I say that as I look at my kid's playroom and, uh, 
So um, I uh, th- th- this is kind of a tangent. Not, not on this so, show. <laughs> somehow, one of you, one of your favorite okay. movies, which you've covered on this very podcast, oh Invasion God, of the Body Snatchers, came up the other day here at the house. And I was explaining the, the premise of Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Well, that inspired my younger boy to play out an Invasion of the Body nice. Snatchers scenario with, with oh, the Transformers. That's weird. <laughs> so an alien of some kind took over oh, Grapple, okay. who was the, the yep. big uh, crane. And Grapple was capturing all of the other Autobots and Decepticons and turning them into the other aliens. And he was torturing them using electricity to shock them so that he could, you know, uh, make them weak for his uh, to take them over. That's, and I was yeah, like, that's I good. applauded that. So my the playroom right now is, as I often say, the killing fields yes. of Cybertron with a bunch of uh, you know, the pile of, of robots that Grapple and his reign of terror. That's has, actually pretty has cool. I, I was wondering where this was going because it's like yeah. they're robots, but yet Transformers is different. They have, you know, they're not just regular old robots. So, yeah. Yeah, they're alive. Uh, to He-Man's surprise... Uh, the children thank Skeletor for saving them, and Skeletor is relieved to learn that Christmas only happens once a year because he can't take this. I'm yeah. evil! You know? I don't like to feel good. I like to feel evil! Uh, back at the palace, as the good uh, the good guys celebrate their Christmas party, Adam dresses as Santa Claus and gives the children flying belts because that's what they needed. Uh, and Ed at Arms then uses the... At least you didn't yeah, get I flying guess. discs, oh right? Like in the movie. Okay, so we covered that last year, folks. You want to go back and listen to Luke and I talk about Master yeah. Universe. That might be the only scene that doesn't hold up, it really doesn't hold up on the Blu-ray because you can kind of really see through it on the Blu-ray. But that movie holds up so well, even cleaned up. Um, much more than it has any right doing. But uh, anyway, anyway, yeah. so. Yeah. For a canon film, anyway. Anyway, so Man-at-Arms uses the transporter to send Miguel and Alicia back to their home on Earth where they are welcomed back by their parents. Um, at the end of the special, Prince Adam and Orko deliver a very special Christmas uh, moral. Adam states, Though we celebrate it and get presents, Christmas is about caring, sharing, and goodwill, and its spirit is within all of us. And in fun fashion, Orko states that what makes him happy on Christmas is... Presents. So, real quick, before I forget, because I want to get these yeah. all in here, so we see several characters who do not have any speaking lines. Oh, I yes. have a whole list here. I'm going to go through them just in case I missed any. Um, the cameos include Buzz Off, Fisto, Lizard Man, Manny Faces, Mechanic, Moss Man, Ram Man, Snoots, uh, Snout Spout, who, who's actually Snout called Spout. Nose Hose yep. at this point, uh, Stratos, Skyclon and uh, Zo- um, Zodiac, the Zodiac, the Zodiac. Cosmic Enforcer. From Princes of Power, yeah. we see uh, Queen Angelic, uh, uh, Angela, uh, Casparella, Flutterina, Frosta, Glimmer, Madame Raz, Broom, Seahawk, Sprag, uh, Spiritina, Sprocker. And Loki. They're also, also, um, from Orc, you have uh, Orko's uncle, uh, uh, Mortok, uh, Dree Ellie, Yurker, Kando, Lara, Squitch, and Davy Jones the Mouse. There you go. Yeah. 
It, it is a, it is a well, cast. They of thought here, here, look, we got to put everyone in this thing because I'm going to, some yeah, kids will be like, why was buzz off? Not in it. You know, kind of thing. Like, so I'm not going to lie. Seeing buzz off and Manny mm-hmm. faces. Yes. Popped me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. My I know. Boys, you do enjoy right them. There, so, you know, um, uh, yeah. So the thing is, <laughs> but, uh, no, I mean, even Stratos, like Stratos, I, I always associate you with Stratos, you know, and Stratos was, everybody was there. It was great. And I like Zodak being there because Zodak was, he was not neither good nor evil. You know, he was the neutral enforcer, even though he was the evil cosmic enforcer in the toy so line. It's funny. But so Zodak, right, kind of just Zodak in. and how you, back in the day, folks, for those of you who are on, who don't know this stuff, you would tell if someone was a good guy or a bad guy by looking at their left hand. If their left hand was straight-fingered, they were a good guy. If they had bent a claw hand, they were a bad guy. Stratos came with a claw hand, which makes him a bad guy. Yet, he's not a bad guy. He's supposed to be neutral. Well, let me tell you, Zodak... Well, Zodak. What did I say? Did I say Stratos? I'm sorry. I'm Zodak. Sorry, excuse me. Sorry, Zodak. There's a story about Stratos there, too. So, So go on. The thing is... Zodak was always a bad guy when we played that and he never yes. wore his his uh he took we took his armor off him so he was just a guy running around in a loincloth with a helmet on with his chest hanging out kind of like um oh oh what's that movie with uh Sean Connery uh Zadar uh Zordaz yes yeah, um yes yeah Zordaz, yeah. yeah that's what it was it was weird sometimes but he that's he would fight Everyone else had their armor on. He just would be there just in a loincloth with a gun and a helmet. Don't judge yeah. us. So Zodak, with yeah. Zodak's helmet, you know what he always reminded me of? Do you remember the wizard yes. Gemini from yes. Thundar the Barbarian? <laughs> was kind of Everybody, if you haven't seen Thundar, watch the opening. He's in it. He's the guy whose head spins around in the opening to Thundar. As, a, I, as an aside, I recommend watching the opening to Thundar at least two or three times a week anyway. Just because it's the greatest cartoon intro ever. It's stuck in your head, folks. Yeah. And yeah. You see, I was I want to make a Thundar yeah. movie, and I want to cast Will Smith, but Will Smith will only be in the prologue. So when the when the runaway planet hurdles between the Earth and the Moon, unleashing cosmic <laughs> destruction, you know that there's that house on the top of the hill that the big flood comes up and gets. I want Will Smith to be up there. Like, oh <laughs> hell no! And that's it. It's not in the movie. Uh... But. Uh, the, uh, the, the other thing is with Stratos, you know, there was back in the day in hallowed antiquity, okay, the original six Masters figures, mm-hmm. okay, were you had He-Man, Man-at-Arms, Stratos, Skeletor, Beast-Man, and Merman, okay? And you dig deep enough, you will find that there was the idea that that Stratos – was going to be an evil warrior and Merman a heroic warrior. And that got switched along the ways during development. And so I think that there is one mini comic that depicts Stratos as a minion of Skeletor because of when it was produced for that idea. See, to me, Stratos, I I just, again, even though he's got the, the furry body, you know, I always, uh, Picture him as as I, I can never picture him as a bad guy, but you know that may may might have been different. Just like Mer, yeah. I can't see how Merman would have been a hero with the ugly face that he has. Yeah, you know. But I hey, mean, there's a lot of. Ugly I'm just saying, there's no way in the world we would have bought Merman as a good guy. You'd be like, this guy, he looks good as a monster. Yeah. You know. 
Yeah, that's his he's creature. Point. He's, he's a creature like a goon. He's like, you know, a merman. Oh, you know, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, so oh, 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 oh. <laughs> that's like again. It, it also isn't it, isn't that from the uh, small soldiers? It depends on what how you look at things. Like the 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 soldiers answer the bad guy. Oh, sorry. Yes. Spoiler alert for small soldiers. If you haven't seen the movie that came out twenty five thirty years ago, good lord. Um, yeah. yeah. Insaniac yeah, is the best so, character. Yes, in Small he is pretty crazy. Let's put that out there. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, folks, what do you think? What do you think about Master Universe? Do you remember seeing this as a kid? I mean, are you old enough to have seen it as a kid? Um, are you somebody who maybe is a huge Masters fan? You know, because of later on, and has eventually looked it up and said, "Oh, this is weird. This movie." But like, you know, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, of course, because Luke and I clearly we love this movie. We love. And again, like Luke keeps saying, movie is maybe a strong term. Double episode might be a yeah. stronger way to say it. But the He-Man, sh- yes. Feature. feature. Let's feature. just call it a feature, shall It's we? a special. So that's what it is. Um, so we love this Christmas special. It's actually, it's one of the ones, uh, Haley's seen it with me before. Um, I'm Kelly probably didn't pay attention. Um, she might have watched, actually, Kelly probably watched this when she was a kid. Kelly was a huge yeah. Mash Universe fan. She, I don't think she ever watched one episode of She-Ra ever in her entire life. I don't, I don't know for sure, but she was a huge Master Universe fan as a kid, yeah. which to me. But but remember, no girl yeah. watched He-Man and only right. watched She-Ra, and no right. boy watched right. She-Ra. Right, exactly. So remember right. that because there's right. never any crossover there. Um, but she. Yeah, just 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 like no boys watched Mon, the Monchichis. Oh Monchichis, or, I uh, love Monchichis. I <laughs> I have to find my Monchichis. He's put away. I have an original Monchichi somewhere and he's put away somewhere with all my like my probably my original smurfs unless you have them all so i don't believe i have the Monchichi. Yeah. So i have smurfs, a couple of original honest. smurfs like the football player and i have a smurf yeah. at somewhere and a papa smurf and what and they're put away somewhere somewhere smurfs was another one smurfs was a real uh you know non-gender specific show yeah. right Kinda i like mean snorks well yeah i mean Kind of the other way around, well, but sure, first, yeah. So, first was kind of yeah, like Snorks. Like, no, no, yeah. kind of like Snorks was non-specific. They tried to make it, they, they ripped off yeah, yeah, Smurfs right. and made it again. No, no, I'm just saying is kind of like the biscuits. biscuits, you know. I'm not gonna lie. I was watching. Uh, oh, I was watching uh, yes. Jellystone. I yes. popped like an. I popped like a madman when the biscuits popped. I oh loved God, the biscuits, biscuits when I was like a four-year-old. So, I loved the biscuits. Just, if we're gonna go back this far, so. Um, the, do you remember the Wuzzles? So Kelly mm-hmm. has a Wuzzle, an original. This is what my wife doesn't like. I mean, she has her her teddy bear from when she was like a little bit little baby. She still has the same teddy bear, right? It's on the bed right here next to me, yeah. right? Um, but she has a Wuzzle, and I was like, oh my! And it, and it like it looks old. I mean, she definitely she she was in her bed for years and years, and it went in a closet. I was like, oh my god, this is an original. Haley goes, I'm like, don't touch it. Because, like, I can't replace this, you know, uh, because, and but it was the Wuzzles, and then um, Kelly never watched Popples. Oh, my God, she her Popple, I don't know what happened, it got ruined. She had a Popple also. Um, but this yeah. show... See, I never, we never, I never had a, a, no. a Popple, but I did have, and I think you did too, a Glowworm. No, I did, I did, okay. I, ha- we I had, know I had a, not, not a big the little one. plastic I had a little one. glowworm. We I had the little that. plastic glowworm. Yes. And then was there something else in that line that also glowed? Yes, there was a whole bunch. It was like a whole, like a whole uh, yes, we, thing. We of, had two uh, of those. We never oh. had an original glowworm. Haley had a glowworm when she was a baby. We bought her the new ones. And she used to love that thing. 
And it's terrifying at night when the face is just lit up and like at her face. And I'm like, okay, that's just weird, you know, kind of thing. So, um, but the other, the other show that Kelly's never actually watched, uh, it was a kid and I have it in the closet, uh, you know, on DVD is like a present, like, you know, kind of like my key presents there is shirt tails with some talking, uh, Panda and the talking monkey. You remember shirt tails? That used to be on too really yes, yeah. vaguely yeah i'm reaching yeah back i wasn't a big shirt tails guys but it would she would love that kind of stuff and she's like i never watched that she was yeah. a big wuzzles fan and i remember the wuzzles because they were just like you know like let's mix together this part and this part this you know kind of thing um yes i do remember the wuzzles and i do remember one one time what grade was this wuzzle was one of the vocabulary words in oh, school God. and wuzzle to mix and everybody yes. got it right and I remember she was like, why do you all know this? I was like, it's a show. Come on. <laughs> That's got to be like it, second grade know? or something like that, you know? Yeah, it was yeah. real early, like Wasn't real early. It's know? just so funny that like those things that we hold on to, that we not to hold on to, but those things that stick with us, I should say. Yeah. yeah. Things stick with They're you not, whether right. you want them and, to and or not. He-Man and the Master you know? Universe, um, and, and, and by, the, by a smaller token, She-Ra, because let's be honest, he, I'm not saying we didn't watch She-Ra, because <clears throat> I watched She-Ra, I did, <clears throat> Yeah, we totally because He Man still, you know, and and I always wanted a Shira figure, and Dad always said no, and I was like, but Dad, but like Shira is like that's He Man's sister, like it's they fight the same people. He's like, well, but it's a girls' show, and I'm like, right, but I have a Tila and I have an Evil Lynn, and they're girls, and he's like, yes. right, but they're from the show, and I'm like, uh, it was just kind of like an uphill battle at this point, and I was getting kind of older, eh, you know, you know, it, it it was the '80s, you know, and and it's like. You know, and and I will say this. I mean, that that is always the argument, right? It's like uh, if if you had a if you had a daughter that was really into Princess of Power, okay, you go to the girl toy aisle, and I'm not saying no, that it was with any, anything other than that's what it was yep. friggin' called yep. in the '80s. You went to the girl toy aisle, and you got you know uh, Shira and Castispella and mm-hmm. Perfuma and Mermista and Natasa and all those all those gals, and then. Yeah, yeah, you get okay, but it's like okay. Well, on that show, they fight these guys like Hordak yeah. and uh, um, you know Mantena and Leech and Grizzler. You got to then go to the boys' toy aisle yep. and get them. You know, now they never made a no. Shadow Weaver. That would have been so. I mean, the cool the thing was, Weaver, but but you know, but that but that's what I'm saying. That that was that was the thing is that it yeah. was crossover yeah. even back then. It appealed to both yeah. genders. But it's like, you know, and, 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 and you know, let, let's be honest here. There's not a lot of dads in the 80s that are going to go buy their son something that with that mm-hmm. much pink on it. Well, I think you also, know? too, some of the, the some of the appeal of She-Ra, and I think uh, it was lost on some kids because they didn't watch the same movies we watched. Um, but, like, when Red Sonja came out, um, even having right. Arnold Schwarzenegger in it, basically playing Conan. He wasn't playing Conan. I know. Don't I don't need the cards and letters. Thanks. Uh, but he's basically playing Conan in the movie. But you're now gonna Red Sonya. I mean, Red Sonya is not you know like it's not like some made up you know like we've never heard of this character. Red Sonya had comics and stuff like that too, and it just was it just was that movie never was gonna do as well as a Conan movie with with Schwarzenegger. And I don't mean to say that because it was inferior. I mean it's it's not as good as Conan the Destroyer. I know people. I'm supposed to like Conan the Barbarian better, but I don't. Um, but like it just wasn't pushed the same way it wasn't ever you know marketed the same way like it's hard you I mean you're, you're you're gonna i mean she does all the same kind of stuff conan would do but you're like it's just not being pushed that way but it wasn't pushed towards girls right. either 
It was pushed towards like creepy yeah. guys who were just like leering after her. Yeah, it's, it, it, right. Yeah, right. So you definitely at that point. Well, most Marvel yeah. comics were. So. I mean, until you get to you know, and, and even even when they started doing comics more aimed at girls, they didn't necessarily mm-hmm. catch on with with female readers either. Yeah. But yeah, you know that that's that, that's all part and parcel of it. You know, and that's uh, and that that's the thing now. They Mattel recognizes mm-hmm. this now, and everybody just yep. plays in the same universe. I mean, say what you want about Masters of the Universe classics, you know, the or that line encompassed mm-hmm. every yep. iteration. So not only Masters and Princess of Power, but even like New Adventures, and you know the the 2000X series and stuff. I think Mattel understands that this is. And we talked about this with the movie. The Masters of the Universe is an mm-hmm. evergreen brand at this point for Mattel that appeals to both girls and boys. I, again, mm-hmm. I think I've told this. I may have told this story before. I know I've told you this personally. I remember looking through Masters of the Universe yes. Origins yes. pictures and seeing mm-hmm. She-Ra. And, you know, She-Ra, who was sold on a – not sold on a Princess of Power card. The one, I think, at, at the Comic-Con was sold on, like, a Princess of Power But that was an box, exclusive which to was the really show. Cool. Yes. Yeah, that was yeah. The, that was the exclusive one. The, the mass market one was sold on yep. a Master Universe card. But I remember my youngest daughter being like, "Oh wow, she mm-hmm. looks cool," you know. And then when we broke out our old school Masters toys, my oldest daughter was like Evelyn and Panthor, and it's like gravitated towards you know you know uh, evil witch wearing uh, you know purple and purple and blue armor. And riding a giant yeah. purple panther, it's like, yeah, that I I can't see how that would ever possibly right, appeal exactly. to a girl. Yeah. Exactly, know? as my as my and wife's so wardrobe like, is yeah. all half and, half and purple. Like, even, even the other, <laughs> yeah, right. Even even the other all, all the other you know mm-hmm. villains and stuff like that. It's like it's just a colorful line. And there's a now now what you do by by having them all play in the same world, you've got an army of male characters, an army of female characters, and a huge amount of villains for them to fight. You know, and it's like that is and that that's, you know, again, I'm not saying that everything Maddie does is perfect or anything like that. But I think they've under done a good job expressing this brand as a this is a brand that it can appeal to both mm-hmm. sides of that consumer yeah. aisle. I think the one thing that would probably um, I would love to see and I and I might be in a minority here, a vast minority, as we've now seen with the because Mattel has made it very clear they can use these chucks for, you know, the WWE Eternia figures and whatever. Like they work really well. Yes. And Funko did the, that set of like what they they had the the horror icons, like not horror icons. They had like Freddy Jason, all those yes. things. Savage World. Savage World is what that wouldn't it be really yes. cool. And I, 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 I don't know who owns rights here, so I'm not saying this has to happen. But would it be really cool if one of those two could pick up? Black Star and Brave Star. I would love it. I would love it in the Master yeah. Universe kind of thing. Could you imagine Black Star and Brave Star, which I know were not exactly the same size as Master Universe, but if they literally released them in that same exact style on those same bodies and chucks and stuff like that, the 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 crossover potential yeah. is just insane, right? Oh yeah. I mean, I don't. I absolutely I agree with that, especially mm-hmm. Black Star. I mean, there were so many cool, um, uh, not just not just the heroes, but even the villains and mm-hmm. stuff, the monsters and stuff on that show. We have it was one of your figures. It was uh, from the last line of Brave Star. He's like a volcano monster. 
and he's translucent and used to have a thing on his yes. back. He would roll the wheel and it would make the, yes. the cold sparks. He's still here. He he is in our bin of monsters over here. In fact, I can here he is. I'll hold him up to the microphone Check for him everybody out, to see. I, I I do not rem- I know his name, but I don't remember it. You know, I've I've I found him. And uh but even guys like that would work right. really well in, in, in Master's Universe. And, and and especially in Origins. Now, I don't know if you've seen this. But have you ever heard of Sun Man? Sun Man. No. Yes. So Sun Man was a, some people refer to it as a, a Masters Universe knockoff. It was kind of a very, it was one of those plays with lines from the 80s, okay? And so Sun Man was actually created by a mom who saw her, who, uh, who, a mom who was African-American who saw her sons playing with He-Man and wanted to make a more diverse representative sure. toy line. So this, and so she started this whole line of figures and it became, like I said, Sun Man was the main hero and it's a whole cast of characters that goes with them. They're very mm-hmm. hard to find, I've very heard rare, but uh, yeah. So that line, that they have just announced this a few months ago that Sun Man will be joining awesome. uh, Masters of the Universe. Awesome. And it's and the thing is is that the the owners of Sun Man, they are they are retaining all the rights. Essentially, I, I believe this is basically they are licensing the character to Mattel to create. So we're going to get an Origins version of Sun Man. And Sun Man looks freaking cool. fantastic. You know? He's he's got like a green loincloth and like red armor and all that and it's like it, it, this is so cool. So they're already moving the line in different ways like that. So it's like yes, if you're gonna do something as now admittedly extremely cool, but also admittedly very obscure as that, something like Black Star, Brave Star seems like uh, you know a, a great way to expand that that line and get more use out of those. Out so of those the, steel the, molds. the villain, the main villain from Black Star is Overlord, who was of course voiced. By Overlord. Alan Oppenheimer was his voice too, it's... so so yes. could you imagine Overlord, Hordak, uh, um, Skeletor, um, who's the guy from Brave Star? I forgot his name. Uh, Tex Tex Hex Tex just that that conglomeration of villains sitting together, you know. Yeah. So so just just for just for your edification, I lewd the Sun Man figure into the chat before you yeah. take a look at. Oh my. Uh, Lures of the Sun was the name of a uh, toy line. So, yeah. So again, I, I would have a problem with that. And then you know, it's stuff like this that Masters has a, a long history, and even with the inclusion of the moral mm-hmm. at the end, is you know that people again people rank on that and make fun of it. And I understand its origins. You know, when you've got a a thirty minute toy commercial, maybe you got to have something to offset it a little bit, but. Again, and I said this when we did the movie, I always like the, the morals on Masters of the Universe better than the ones on yeah. the Sunbow shows because they always, first off, they always tied in with the actual episode, which I liked. But they're, you know, they, to me, they were a little bit more, uh, you know, mm-hmm. demonstrative and educational. You know, I mean, Adam talking to us about goodwill towards men and uh, peace on Earth, it's like, okay, there's something to that, you know? And Orko being funny because right. Orko yeah. is awesome. So. <laughs> so folks there you go this is our christmas episode and uh you know like we like we've said we we love this app ep- we love this special um if you've never seen this it is available on youtube you can get it on amazon on dvd 
Uh, it's usually about $5 kind of thing. Um, you know, again, depending on when you're looking to buy, depends on uh, maybe their availability might, you know, wane and ebb, you know, kind of thing. Um, the it's all, I want to say Walmart has Walmart almost always has this at Christmas time. Um, but it yeah. depends on how good your Walmart is. My Walmart tends to, my Walmart's not the best on everything, but it's pretty good on movies. So I got that going for me, uh, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, but that's what it is. Yeah. I mean, and it's available on YouTube. You can definitely go check it out on YouTube and watch it. And, you know, it, yeah. do you remember seeing it as a kid? Is it something like, were you a big Masters fan as a kid? Were you, maybe, maybe you, you didn't discover Masters because you're younger until much later and you went back and you're like, oh, okay. Like, I, we'd love to hear about it. You know, like, let us know what you think, because this literally is part of our childhood. And when we did Master Universe last year, the live action movie, that came a little late in our Master of the Universe kind of like run. But we, we got we saw it in the movie theater and did our whole thing with it. This we saw in 85. This is like right in the sweet spot of like playing with toys, yeah. whatever. I mean. I, I always thought it was funny that Dad first was like, oh, my God, look how many parts this is. Castle Grace was like six parts. I was like, wait until later, Dad. You're going to yes. put together a drone. It's going to take you two days. You know. <laughs> no, in all fairness, it only took Dad <laughs> one day. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's putting every one yes. of the labels oh, on. That's what God. took two yes. days on the Terradrome. So, um, folks, so, yeah, so if you've seen, if you, you know, feedback on this, we'd love to hear from you. Um, you know, Luke and I always love hearing about, you know, stuff like this, especially stuff that we, uh, you know, love uh, as, as much as Master Universe. So. Uh, Luke, why don't you tell folks where they can find you, uh, 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 in podcast and on the web? Sure. If, uh, you've enjoyed listening to this episode, you can please check uh, out my shows. My main show is earth destruction directive, a Daikaiju podcast. We cover all aspects of Japanese giant monsters, including, uh, movies, TV shows, video games, toys, all that jazz. You can find that wherever you found bots, bugs, and babes, because it is also part of the Two True Freaks Network. And, of course, my brother and I are the co-host over at The Vault of Startling Monster Horror Tales of Terror, which is a horror podcast, and Get Back to the Wrestling. Finally, there's a podcast on the Internet about professional wrestling, and you can find those shows at twotruefreaks.com as well. So if those sound interesting, yeah. please check them out. Um, and the thing is, folks, uh, you know, I, I know this is our Christmas episode. And I know not everyone celebrates Christmas, but um, in this time of year, we can always make sure we keep people in mind. Um, you know, who maybe aren't as fortunate as you are, or if you've had a bad, you know, if you had a rough year and let's be honest, I think some people know I've had a pretty rough year, um, you know, and, and it's a time to kind of reflect and the end of the year always leads to that. Um, I know Luke talks about it all the time, how, uh, earth destruction directive is for everyone. I want people to feel that bots, bugs, and babes is for you too. Uh, we are family friendly and the idea that like, Maybe some of the movies we cover might not be as, you know, family friendly as the He-Man and She-Ra Christmas special, but that we do want you guys to spend time uh, with, you know, people you care about. Make sure that you uh, take time to kind of like uh, catch your breath. I know this time of year gets absolutely insane. Trust me, I 100% get that. Um, but understand that, like, it's important to spend time with people you care about, you know, people, you know, kind and, and, and. Uh, you know, know that uh, we here appreciate you guys listening, your downloads, your feedback, all that stuff. We greatly appreciate all the stuff you guys do, because let's be honest, neither Luke nor I or anyone else at Two True Freaks is getting rich off of this stuff. We don't make any money doing this. It's a labor of love. Right. Um, so it's yep. one of those things. I, I know Luke speaks to this and I want to make sure I just mention it, too. We truly appreciate everyone, uh, your feedback, your comments, 
um, the like and shares on Facebook, the like and shares on Twitter, uh, the, you know, the like, and I don't think you can share on Instagram. I'm kind of not great at Instagram, but the likes on Instagram, anything you guys do to help support us, we appreciate. So folks, that's our Christmas special. Now I know what you're thinking, Jay, you have teased that there's going to be something crazy coming at the end of the year. There's always something crazy in the year. We try to kick we try to make sure New Year's Eve, we send you into the next year going, what the, and that's what we're going to do this time. Yes. But we're not going to tell you. I'm not even going to tell you who's going to be there. It might be 20 people, or it might be one, or it might be me and a guest, or it might be a cavalcade of characters, like just like the end of this, just like the end of this thing, where they don't say anything, but you're just standing yeah. there. Probably not those. The podcast yeah. is hard to do, but I'm just saying. It, it is. It is, in fact, an yes. audio I'm, medium. Just saying. So. But I can guarantee you this: the one thing you can you can take to the bank, take it to the blood bank. No, take it to, to the to bank. Blood bank is that <laughs> the movie that is coming up to end our 2021 Bots, Bugs, and Babes calendar season is. Oh, how to say this nicely different than anything yeah. else we've done this year. <laughs> so I'll leave it with that, folks. Um, and, of course, we'll be back in, in, in 2022. We have all kinds of stuff coming up. Dad and I have a bunch of stuff planned. I know some people have been saying, hey, how come you didn't read my feedback? There's, there's, We did feedback at Thanksgiving. There's feedback coming. Don't worry. Kong 76 is becoming its own show again. Literally. Yeah. Thanks. And I wish I was no. surprised. No, I'm not that, surprised I'm at all, not. actually. I'm not really not surprised. surprised. Uh, but Dad and I are going to have uh, dark room stuff coming up. We have a bunch of stuff planned. Uh, Luke and I have been in talks. I've been in talks with a bunch of other people. You know, cats and dogs living together. It's anarchy everywhere. Mass hysteria. Mass hysteria. Right, so, Luke, thank you yeah. very much for coming on and sharing this Christmas special with me on this Christmas edition of Bots, Bugs, and Babes. Um, thank you, as always, always for having me on, man. And like we say around here, folks, Keep those cards and letters coming and keep watching the skies. This is Tokyo, once a city of six million people. What has happened here was caused by a force which up until a few days ago was entirely beyond the scope of man's imagination. Tokyo, a smoldering memorial to the unknown. An unknown which at this very moment still prevails and could at any time lash out with its terrible destruction anywhere else in the world. Hi folks, Luke Giaconetti here. I'd like to ask you a few questions. Do you like giant monsters? Or as they're called in Japan, Daikaiju? Monsters like Godzilla, Rodan, Gamera, King Ghidorah, or Mothra? Do you like more obscure monsters, such as Gappa or Yangari? Do you like giant heroes like Ultraman or super robots like the Shogun Warriors? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then I think you might like my podcast, Earth Destruction Directive. I'm a dedicated fan of all things Daikaiju, and I'd like to share that with all of you. Please check out Earth Destruction Directive at twotruefreaks.com. Earth Destruction Directive, where we turn your Daikaiju dreams into city-smashing reality.
This has been an episode of Bots, Bugs, and Babes, the B-Movie Podcast. If you'd like to contact me, please email the show at botsbugsbabes at gmail.com. If you'd like to find me online, I'm on Facebook under my name, Jason Jacknetti. I often contribute to the Two True Freaks Facebook group. You can visit my Facebook page, The Art of Horror Collective, and you can search the hashtag, The Art of Horror Collective. On Instagram, find me under my name, Jason Jacknetti, and search the hashtag, The Art of Horror Collective, as well as the new hashtag, Bots, Bugs, Babes Podcast. I'm the only one using them. I'm also on Twitter, at Jason Jacknetti. And you can visit my webpage at www.theartofhorrorcollective.wordpress.com. All movies, characters, stories, music, etc. are properties of their respective holders. This is a fan work, and any use of any property is purely for review, discussion, entertainment. So don't sue me. I ain't got anything anyway. There is no tomorrow! There is no tomorrow! There is no tomorrow! Will you stop?